Aaron, it's Jason Brown, Arden Finder. Just saying hey. Thought I'd catch up, saying how much I love the show, and catch up. I'll talk to you later. Bye. This is Lieutenant Sulu of the Starship Enterprise with The Doors. You know that it would be untrue. You know that I would be a liar. If I was to say to you, Uhura, we couldn't get much higher. Come on, baby, light my fire. I'm Aaron. And I'm Polly. Today we have a very special episode of Funny Books with Aaron and Polly because we have on a guest. It, it's oh, the homecoming episode of Funny Books with Aaron and Polly. A very special episode. It's like that very special episode of Blossom. Ah. <laughs> so we're going to have a public service announcement at the end. Don't That's do right. drugs. That's right. The more you know. <laughs> <laughs> so who do we have on today, Mr. Aaron? Uh, we have Greg Thompson. Good morning. Or a good afternoon. And Greg, why are you special? <laughs> I am the owner and proprietor of Local Heroes Comics. Excellent. Uh, it, in beautiful scenic, uh, is it? Now, is that actually Virginia Beach or is that Norfolk? We are in Norfolk proper, Norfolk, Norfolk. Virginia. Well, and I, I was out there this week uh, visiting Paul at our uh, you know quarterly operations meeting for ideologyofmadness.com. And uh, we, we went over to your store and you've got a gorgeous store there, Greg. Thank you. Um, it, I try my best to make it inviting for anyone who wants to come in. Well, and it was, I mean, you know, the, uh, you got nice comfy chairs in there and I love the way your store is merchandised. Uh, you can find stuff and it, it it's bright and lit. It's not like uh, walking into somebody's basement. It, you know, that is the, the, um, stereotypical comic stores, one that smells and one that's dark and there's posters on the windows blocking out all the natural light. And, um, <laughs> I wanted to, to do the exact opposite of all that. Um, cause I like girls to come in on occasion and, you know, they actually do here. So that's swell. Well, that's great. It's a, it, it, like I said, it, it's a beautiful store. Uh, now how long have you been in business? Uh, it's actually been one year, uh, oh. just about one year. And how's it going? It's going excellent. Uh, we started right when the economy tanked, which was evidently the best time to start a business. Um, <laughs> every day, every day the stock market went down. I had like a little live ticker on my on my computer so I could worry about uh, my impending doom. But um, everything worked out well, so I guess the the nerd dollar is strong. Um, so I don't have to worry about it. Why Why did you decide to open when you did? You know, was it just a, a matter of Time, perfect timing for you. And you know, I, perfect time for the economy. <laughs> I, I, I had obviously been planning it well, you know, well before the economy tanked. And by the time I had committed, it was already too late. It worked out well, I guess. One thing that I noticed about comic shops, you know, they, they not yours, um, but most comic shops kind of stuck with promotion. I mean, we've seen many a comic shop fail in this area. And I don't know, Aaron, if you've seen in your area. Oh, absolutely. You know, because just bad, prom- you know, no promotion. They just expect people to come, you know, because 
they, I guess, comic, they expect comic geeks to talk to each other. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, but you, you know, you, you, you're good with the promotion. I mean, like, how do you help get the word out for your stuff? Um, when I first opened, that was the biggest obstacle. Obviously, the neighborhood that I'm in is very close-knit. So outside of just putting nice posters around this local area, I think probably Facebook was my was my best was the best way to drive people into the store. I did a small advertisement on Facebook, which I still run. Probably once or twice um, a day, I get somebody new who said they found me on Facebook. So it's been wonderful. So the social networking tools have, have really helped drive some business into the store. Definitely. And it's, it's, you know, social networking, I'm I'm on Twitter, Facebook, um, and we do other stuff with the website, you know, Google search. So I want to make sure that if someone's looking for me, that they can find me. And even if they're not looking for me, they can find me. (laughs) (laughs) Now your store uh, seems a little unique in that it it seems primarily a, a graphic novel or, you know, trade paperback, hardback kind of store versus being so focused on the weekly floppies. You know, I, I love weekly books. Um, the, the only downside is that after about four weeks, you know, they're, they're, no one's buying them. Right. So I, I want, you know, graphic novels are a perennial item. You know, I can stock Preacher that ended 10 years ago and people still come in and buy it five or six times a week. So, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love floppies and there's definitely a place for them, but it's nice to have a perennial seller on the shelves. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, one of the things I think is rather remarkable about your store is how deep your selection is in trade paperbacks and, you know, the hardbacks as well. You know, how much how much of your capital is, is you know, wrapped up in, in that part of, you know, percentage of your capital is wrapped up in, in that kind of stock? You know, I when, when I started, that was obviously where I went heavy because yeah. I knew new obviously trades are, are new, new reader friendly mm-hmm. and they're they're just easier for people who've never read a comic to come in and grab a trade as opposed to having to get a single issue and wait. Um, they're just more user friendly for the for the first time comic book reader. And and I didn't I started off kind of slow at first on trades and graphic novels because I wanted to see what people were actually buying and what they wanted. Um, and so I built my selection based upon stuff I had ordered for people that wasn't here and things that people were talking about in the store that I thought might sell well. Mm-hmm. So what do you find ends up being, you know, some of your top sellers? I mean, um, do you have like regular top sellers? Definitely. And it's funny. It's, it's the top, the top sellers are the things that I push the most. And I didn't think that was going to be the case. Um, but it is. And I, I tend to push, um, for whatever reason, a lot of Brian Vaughn books, um, hmm. and a lot of vertigo stuff. So my top sellers are, you know, why the last man ex machina, um, preacher, um, Hunter Bullets, Walking Dead, you know, those, those tend to be my top sellers. And it, it, if there's a, a correlation because they're my favorite books, probably so, but, uh, I'm not sure. Um, obviously Watchmen is my, probably was my top seller before the movie came out. Uh, and now I might sell one, one copy a week. Um, so the movie killed the Watchmen business. The movie absolutely <laughs> killed the Watchmen book. That I, I could have sent my kids to college if that movie had, you know, had been delayed an extra year. And I could have sold Watchmen for another year, but yeah, nobody wants it now. There's a chain of half-price bookstores, uh, you know, selling used books and whatnot here in uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and they usually have a pretty decent selection of graphic novels. You know, people who read them once or twice and sell them back. And, you know, you go in there now and there's just this whole rack of Watchmen. 
<laughs> you know, because people were buying it at like Barnes and Nobles and Amazon and, you know, whatnot and, you know, bought it, read it and, you know, have, have now dropped it in large, uh, large quantities. <laughs> you know, I, I, I hold, I don't, I, I'm a holder of the most, most unpopular, unpopular opinion. Uh, that watching probably isn't the best comic book to start somebody new on. Oh, I, you uh, know, Paul and I were having that conversation just this week, and I, I totally agree with you. I think it, it is a really difficult book to to read uh, at the comic, you know, as a as an entry level comic book. It isn't the one that I'd give somebody. Yeah, I cringe when when a new comic reader comes in and, and that's their first purchase because I just wonder if they're ever going to read anything else ever again. Yeah. <laughs> well, not only that, it's not easy. For someone who has read comics, I mean, you know, I've been reading comics all my life, essentially, um, since I learned how to read. I, I only read Watchmen for the first time a couple of years ago. My dad's old beat up copy of the first trade paperback when it first came out. You know, it, it took me a while to get through it. And I'm like, you know, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. This is not easy to read. It's not fun. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a good story. It's got great ideas to it. It's just not, I don't know. I don't find it easily accessible for pretty much anybody, but I could say that about a lot of Alan Moore's work. Yeah. That's, yeah, very true. I think if you were reading single issue comics in 1980, whatever, and then Watchmen came out and totally changed the game, that it might hold more significance for you. But to read it now, it's just, you know, it is. It's like you say, it's just difficult to get into. Well, you know, I was reading uh, comics when Watchmen came out and I didn't pick it up in floppies. You know, I, uh, I think I picked up maybe one or two and I was like, what the hell is this? You know, cause I'm, 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 I'm a big time superhero guy, you know, and what Alan Moore was doing was so different than what anybody else was doing at the time. I waited until it was collected the first time and picked it up and, you know, I love it, but it is a, it is so very different from what you're used to, particularly with the way, you know, like the tales of the black pirate is interjected throughout you know it, it's kind of disorienting at times to read that book it is by which, all means which i think is kind of the brilliance of it but still it is it is not you know the most approachable book out there so that said greg what is the book that you recommend for first-time comic book readers you know i honestly first-time readers i kind of get a feel for what they like and then i usually go with why the last man ex machina walking dead or um maybe fables or preacher mm-hmm. um I think those are, you know, easily accessible, fun. You know, they're just lots of fun. It's and that's ultimately the goal is for someone to read a comic book and be like, "Wow, that was so much fun," um, and hopefully come back in and buy the other nine in the series. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I try to recommend a, a first one that's got at least twelve volumes. That way, you know, <laughs> I'm surprised that you recommend Preacher. I mean, I love Preacher. It's one of my, you know, probably one of my favorite comics of all time, but it's not, you know, like you have to look for a specific audience for it because, you know, anyone easily offendable, you know, like, you know, I'm going to burn your shop down because you recommended this to me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we do not advocate burning Greg's shop down. Not at all. <laughs> yeah, that I definitely try to, you know, get a sense of, of what offends them or, or what kind of TV shows they might like before I recommend Preacher um, for that reason. You know, I don't want to. I don't want, you know, people out in front of the store picking in me the next day. Now, when, yeah. when we were there earlier this week, you know, I did see, uh, you know, a customer with their, you know, young child with them. Uh, what's the age demographic at your store? You know, I would I would love to see more children in here. Unfortunately, it just seems that the majority of my customers tend to be 22 to 20 to 50 year olds. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this area is is heavy on that demographic. 
for whatever reason. And that's who tends to come in the store the most. I do get a lot of children on the weekends and I'm starting to see more, more kids in here from, you know, just a year ago as I build my, my children's selection. So it's been, it's been a slow build for kids comics, but there's so much good stuff. And once parents get a, get an idea of, of how great they are, um, I think I'll see more and more kids business. Now, uh, when, when you've got, you know, a parent comes in and says, you know, Hey, I want to buy, I want to buy my kid a comic. You know, it's their first comic kids, you know, eight, nine years old. What are you recommending? You know, I recommend bone a lot. I recommend, um, Johnny boo Corgi. Uh, a lot of the, a lot of the top shelf stuff, it seems to be really approachable for kids. Uh, parents tend to, uh, gravitate towards, uh, the Pixar stuff because they know it's safe and say, you know, it's safe and they, and they know what to expect. Um, they like the Walt Disney stuff. Uh, kids love the, the kids seem to pick the Sonic and Star Wars stuff the most if they, mm-hmm. if they're left to the, you know, if, if they're left to choose what, what they take home. Right. Um, but there's a lot of great kid stuff, you know, and, and I think, um, probably bone would be my favorite because I know that's going to hopefully foster a lifelong love of comics just because it's so wonderful. Right. Yeah, well, we you talk know, about Bone a lot on the yeah, show. Actually. Well, yeah, Paul has has been a strong advocate for Bone. In fact, it's on my Christmas list, Paul. <laughs> ah, very cool, very cool. Because I started collecting Bone with issue three uh, in the floppies, and uh, you know, I was just a fan almost from the very beginning. And I got to meet Jeff Smith uh, last year when I was talking to him about it, and you know, he was he was a really cool guy. So, I mean, I am totally an advocate for those books. I think you know the success is well deserved, and. You know, I was really happy about the announcement of more Bone coming out next year. Yeah, and he's, you know, Jeff Smith has made a a, a gigantic pile of money off of Bone, so that's good for to see a comic creator do so well. Um, well, and particularly and, with it being offered through Scholastic now. Yeah, I mean, God, that's just a that's just a license to print money. I think it really is. <laughs> and they sold, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, it's in every library you go to. It's yeah. in every school you go to. Um, it's, you know, been translated into 40 different languages. He, he's done so well and that's, it's great to see. Sensitive topic because Uh-oh. we're talking about Scholastic. Yeah. We're going to sell Avon to you. Um, <laughs> that was our real reason for having you on the show today. Because excited about the fall catalog. That's right. Uh, nice. <laughs> you know, cause we were talking about bone and Scholastic and it's all over the place. It's in libraries. It's in Barnes and Noble. It's on Amazon. How, I mean, like, how do you compete with guys like that? I mean, Amazon, I mean, Amazon is pretty much the, the dreaded question. You know, I think a lot of comic retailers don't carry trade paperbacks and hardcovers and things like that because they have to compete with someplace like Amazon. You know, I worry, I worry about that, but honestly, I don't know that it affects my business. Um, it, most comics I think are an impulse buy and people come in and, they, you know, they want Preacher Volume Six. They know they can run down here uh, and get it today. They don't have to wait, you know, one or two days or however many days they want to wait to have it shipped. Um, Amazon discounts for the majority of books top out at thirty percent. Um, and if you're a subscriber here, you're going to get up to fifteen percent off. Um, so I think an extra ten percent on a book or an extra fifteen percent, I think people are going to um, hopefully want to support a local retailer. Mm-hmm. I also do a discount club that's free. Um, for every $10 you spend, you get a, a stamp. And if you, you, you fill up your card, you get a $10 gift card. Um, so that's been popular for people. You know, I, I would hope that, you know, people when they want to buy a comic or when they want to buy a graphic novel, um, will walk in the store and, and buy it here. But I understand people are going to go to Amazon and, and but I don't think it's going to 
hurt my bottom line too terribly much. You know, I, I, I've asked some, some customers before, you know, the difference between buying at Amazon versus, you know, buying at their friendly local com- comic book shop. And one of the things that they tell me is that they like the ability to browse the book first. You know, that they like to be able to walk into your store and, you know, page through it and go, yeah, I like the art- artistic style. You know, I knew that I might like the writer, but I like the artistic style. Yeah, I can go ahead and get this book. Definitely. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, and I have a lot of people who will come in and buy the first two volumes of um, a series, be it, you know, Walking Dead or Why the Last Man. And, I'm, and they're going to come in and, and I see the majority of them come in and finish the series off here. So, you know, they have the, you know, they know after two volumes that they love it, yet they're still, they still come in and, and finish buying them here. And, and it means a lot to me. And I would hope that the environment that we try to create here, which is fun and, and knowledgeable and, and friendly, that that's going to bring people back. Now you have got this great pizza place right next door to you. How is it you don't weigh 300 pounds? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, I got to fight, fight the Kogan's urge off. every chance I get. Um, they sell beer and pizza and man, you know, what two things are better than beer and pizza? Well, uh, I, t- I tell you what, back in college, that was my, you know, I'd go to a uh, new comic book day. I'd, I'd go get the comics and I'd go to the pizza place and, and drink beer and read my read my comics, eat pizza, drink beer. Yeah, and it's fantastic. <laughs> and they've been, you know, they've been great for business because it's kind of a, you know, it's a little bit of a punk rock scene, and they bring in a lot of twenty somethings, third early thirty somethings, um, who who if they're full or if uh, you know after they're done eating, they always swing over here and, and check us out. So they've been great for business, and they're always you know busy, full, slammed with people. So. I've been really fortunate to be right next door to them. Well, you know, it seems like a nice pairing because, you know, they're, they're interior decorating beyond the fact that it looks like a pub inside. Uh, you know, it's kind of geeky in there. You know, I saw a Godzilla figure up on the wall and they've got, you know, a big space mural and whatnot. And so it seems like a nice matching, you know, you and the pizza place right there. Yeah, I was really excited when I walked in and saw all the sci-fi comic elements. And if you actually go into the bathroom, um, the wall is lined, the wall is lined with, uh, um, old um iron man comics from the demon in a bottle series so oh, really like, this, this is fantastic and yeah. i put a little i put a little poster in the bathroom um it says like these there's more next door at local heroes and i've had a lot of people who are like hey i saw you in the bathroom you know, they, <laughs> <laughs> they, so they come in it's been great you know i'm really excited that's awesome so is, is this your first comic shop it is this is you know i, I worked uh for 10 years, I ran an automotive shop and it sucked the life out of me. And, and, and I, it turned me into just an evil, nasty person. And I had had it and I decided that this was what I wanted to do. And if I had never tried it, I'd always regret it. So somebody, somebody sat me down and they were like, you know what? You only regret what you don't do in life. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's a really great way to look at this. And I'm going to go ahead and, and try it. And if it succeeds, great. And if it fails, great. And if I'm only here for 10 years and then everything goes digital, you know what? I've had 10 great years of owning a comic book store and it's going to be, it's been a lot of fun. So, um, no regrets here. Is this your first uh, experience as an owner operator or did you own and operate the automotive? No, I was the the general manager of the automotive shop. Um, uh, you know, basically I, I, I ran the place, um, you know, day-to-day operations were, were up to me. Um, but this is the first time I've ever actually owned a business and it's a, a whole new level of stress, but I, it's a good stress. I like it a lot more. So how did you pr- prepare yourself to, you know, to own your, your first business and, you know, learn all of it and all that kind of fun stuff? I mean, how, how did you, how did you prep for that? 
You know, I, I, there, I follow a lot. I, obviously, I was a huge comic fan, and I followed a lot of uh, of a lot of the better stores online. You know, Isotope in San Francisco, um, Heroes aren't hard to find in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, you know, the stores up in New York, Midtown, uh, Rocket Ship, and I was like, you know what? These are really great stores that are doing something different and special. And I kind of stole all their best ideas, took the best parts of all their stores, and try to do it, try to do that here. I hope that it's worked. You know, I, people seem to like it. Well, it seems like you've got a, a. I don't know if it's a natural eye or if it's an acquired eye, but you've got a really good eye for merchandising, which is one of those things that so few comic retailers have. You know, we talked at the beginning of the show about how sometimes you walk into somebody's comic shop and it's like walking into their basement or, you know, their, their, their game room or something. Uh, your store, you know, you can find what you're looking for and it seems organic in terms of, oh, this is going to be over here uh, versus it just being a big, you know, dumping ground for a bunch of stock. How did you how did you come to this is going to be my style for merchandising? I think the the difference between those stores and this store and the other great stores around the country are that we care about new readers. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, if you want to get new readers into comic books because and why wouldn't you? Because comics are, are awesome and they're the greatest thing anywhere. Then why, you need to make your store inviting and enticing for the average person on the street. And, and I don't know. Just there's there's more. People read comics who aren't nerdy or who aren't socially introverted. Um, and those stores <laughs> tend to cater to that demographic. And I love, you know, I love a nerd as much as the next guy, but you know, they're not the only people who read comic books right. and they're definitely not the only people who read. Um, and if you, I don't know, if you make a place that's inviting and can show off how cool comics are and how fun they are and how great the art is and how awesome the stories are, and you make a place that's exciting and 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 just really promotes comics as an art form. I think you're going to bring that business in. I, I absolutely agree with you. I absolutely agree. I, I think that uh, that you've really put a, a great foot forward out there on, on the hobby because I mean it's just it's so rare to walk into a comic shop that's brightly lit that doesn't look like you know secret and dark bad things uh, happen. <laughs> yeah, you know I, I, we've all. We've all been to comic stores that, you know, feel quite honestly feel like a porn shop where everyone yeah. walks, oh, exactly. You know, exactly. Everyone walks in. No one looks at each other because they're embarrassed to be there. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, 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 they've got their blinders on and they're, you know, they're looking yeah, at the comics right. and they're going to, they're going to put them on the counter, ring out, get their brown bag and then run out the door and, and run to their car before anybody sees them. Uh, buddy, <laughs> buddy of mine was telling me just the other day that, you know, we were talking, kind of talking about, you know, our first time going to, you know, comic book shops, gaming shops, that kind of kind of thing. And he said his father would drive him and wait in the car. And he asked his dad one day, he says, dad, why don't you ever come in? And it's like, his father says, those people in their son, they eat their young. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I know guys that live in their comic stores and, you know, or, or that, you know, <laughs> it's been way too much time there. It's you know they can be scary places. Yeah, and I, I haven't told Greg the uh, the hot dog story. I, I'm not going to name the shop. You know, there was a comic shop, and uh, for anyone who's listened to the podcast, they've heard the story before. So I'll I'll give the Cliff Notes version. You know, but I walk into this comic shop, local comic shop, not yours. Um, and this guy's taking a nap behind the register on the on the carpet. He's like lying down on the floor and um say anything and i just went and got my comics i came back he woke up um (laughs) and he's eating hot dogs out of the wrapper not washing them off 
eating the greasy ass <laughs> wet hot dogs wrapped in cheese. Nice. Sliced, you know, American cheese. And oh, man. Uh, That's fantastic. Thank God. Yeah, I, I don't see that in your store. <laughs> <laughs> no. See, I, I don't know. I think every comic store should have a back room where, you know, if you want to eat a hot dog wrapped in cheese, you know, you can do it in the privacy of the back room. <laughs> should not be viewed you know, by thing? customers. I have fallen, I have <laughs> fallen asleep here though once. I, I can't, I can't cop to the fact that I did fall asleep. We see, but that's the know, beauty of being, owning your own business. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It was a long week, man. I, you know, I had worked really hard and I was like, oh God, the couch looks so good. Well, you weren't lying down on the carpet at least. Like, yeah, sure. yeah, exactly. At least, you know, if you're going to fall asleep, do it at your desk or in a chair. You know, one thing I do want to talk about, though, mention is that I spent the night before Halloween at the shop uh, at your Halloween party. Yes. Um, I, which I, I thought was, was a lot of fun. Good. I was <laughs> I was really glad to see that you made it with your lovely wife. Um, and it was, it was a good turnout. That's the second uh, party that we've done. We did one for the Watchmen movie. Uh, I took probably my first 40 subscribers at that time. And I took all of them to see the Watchmen and, and bought their tickets. And then we, everybody came back here afterwards to uh, get drunk and talk about whether they hated or loved the movie. Um, and everybody had a good time. So I was like, well, I'll, we'll do that again. Um, and I was looking for a good reason. And Halloween seemed to be as good as any. Um, so we kind of did the same thing. Costume contests, um, free booze, which brings, you know, tends to bring people out for sure. Everybody seemed to have a good time. So I'm I, really excited. Paul was twittering through that. And I kept going, you know, shut up. <laughs> I want to be in my comic shop drinking beer on Halloween. <laughs> yeah, and the, you know the great thing about a, a comic book store Halloween party is all the awesome nerd costumes or the nerdy oh, yeah. costumes you see. You know, there was a a whole crew dressed up as the Venture Brothers, which is fantastic, and there was a guy dressed up as Cassidy from Preacher, and just you know, great costumes. Yeah, comic comic related or pop culture related costumes, which is a lot of fun. That's awesome. So, how do you decide? You know what. You know where to go because I know you also went to the uh, midnight showing of Wolverine and uh, you know promote the shop there. You know what? Where do you? Wh- how do you decide what events are worth going to versus like a midnight showing of Star Trek? Yeah, you know, I, obviously, I don't want to burn my customers out. If I'm always doing something, then it becomes less special. So right. I try to keep it, you know, to like two or three times a year outside of Free Comic Book Day, which is probably our biggest event of the year. Um, these are more adult oriented and, uh, you know, as far as movie promos, uh, like you said, I was at Wolverine trying to get new people into the store. Um, I think if, if I'm going to do a movie or, you know, something that's, uh, pop culture related, I want to make sure that it's, you know, tied closely to comics and Wolverine obviously was, and I'll probably go back, um, when I, when the second Iron Man movie comes out, um, because, you know, those movies bring in a, a wide cross section of the, of the public who might not know I'm here and, but they're going to enjoy the hell out of the Iron Man movie. And then maybe they'll want to come in and buy an Iron Man comic once it's all said and done. Yeah. Whereas Wolverine probably, you know, actually hurt your business. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, what's funny about Wolverine is I was there at the, uh, I was there at the movie, um, the midnight showing, handing out Wolverine comics and giving away, you know, stuff and trying to promote the store. And, you know, by that time and, and free comic book day was that weekend. So I knew, you know, you know, that I, I, I was going to have to get up early and get ready for free comic book day. So I skipped Wolverine. I didn't go in to see it that night and then ended up not watching it at all, which is the worst mistake I'd ever, I've, I've ever made as a comic book store owner, because, you know, the first question on, on everybody's 
mine when they came in the store was, Hey, have you seen Wolverine movie? And they wanted to talk about how shitty they thought it was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, you know, I just kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. And I, and I finally, you know, when it came out on video, um, watched it and understood why everyone thought it was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> now, it, uh, oh, go ahead. Now, speaking of free comic book day, uh, we have heard a lot of murmurings that, uh, you know, free comic book day is on the decline. Uh, which, and I, I know you've only been open for one free comic book day so far, right? Yes. So, uh, what was your experience with that? Did w- was that a good event for you? Is it something you're looking forward to for this year? Yeah, free comic day was nuts, and I did. You know, I don't. I had no expectations uh, at all, and it, it. This store was packed from the minute we opened. We opened an hour early. And it was jam-packed in here from 10 till 6. And it finally, at 6 o'clock, um, I actually sat down for the first time all day. Um, the, the, the general public came out. Um, the neighborhood came out. And it was fantastic. Uh, a lot of new faces, a lot of kids, a lot of families. We gave away a ton of comics. We had you know free pizza from Kogan's and um, free breakfast from the bagel place in the morning and lots of giveaways. And it was awesome. And, and I've yet to, you know, to sell as much stuff as I sold that that day. So any, I don't wow. understand anyone who um, doesn't take advantage of free comic book day. It blows my mind because, you know, not only was it a great opportunity to promote comic books, um, but I sold a lot of stuff, you know, I mean, I made a lot of money. So yeah. uh, I, don't, I don't know. I think it's a great event um, and I can't wait for this year. So how, how did you promote your free comic book day this year or in uh, 2009? Um, in 2000, you know, I kind of stuck toward to the local neighborhood which is the Ghent section of Norfolk obviously um but I did uh you know t- again tie-ins with the with local businesses um I promoted uh through basically you know flyers I had some really nice posters printed up I hung all over the neighborhood um I had uh, hired a guy to hand out flyers to the residential sections of Norfolk um you know Facebook Twitter just try to get the word out to everybody mm-hmm. uh, that it was you know the first Saturday in May um come down and hang out and uh man it really it really went uh super and so there at your store you, you obviously you gave out free comic books was there anything else that you did special that day um other than free comics that you know again we did the the free food and um uh free pizza and and breakfast and uh giveaways and um you know it was just uh come hang out check out comics get some free stuff get something to eat and you know mingle with people and that seemed to be what everyone did Wow. Well, it sounds like you, like you really promoted it and did it up right. Yeah. You know, I, promotion is obviously the hardest part of any business marketing promotion. Um, and I am not an expert at it by any means, but, um, you know, the turnout for that was great. Are you open on December 30th for this, the skip week? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, I'm going to be open and I, I think, uh, I hope people are going to come in anyway. You know, obviously blackest night's going to ship. Marvel's going to do something. They haven't nailed it down yet. I don't think, um, IDW is going to ship one book. I'm going to do, uh, I think with the blackest night, I'm going to do a promotion where if you buy any trade paperback, you get blackest night for free. So maybe that'll uh, entice people to try something new or to, uh, pick something up. They might not otherwise pick up because they, they probably have a weekly budget, uh, just like I do, you know, they're going to spend X amount of dollars every week on comics and hopefully they'll come in and still be willing to spend that and get their free blackest night, or their free Marvel book. One thing we were talking about last week is they are doing indie comic book week that week. This yeah, is that's... our attempt to inform you. Of free <laughs> 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 uh, 
fantastic. You know, honestly, I sell a lot of books that are outside of Marvel DC and, mm-hmm. um, I think, uh, anytime somebody picks up a book that's doesn't have the Marvel or DC logo on it, they're, you know, they're taking a chance on something, um, that that's not a known quantity and hopefully they're going to be really happy with what they buy. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the problem with the skip week, you know, from a retailer standpoint, and I don't want to get too tied up in the, you know, inside baseball stuff, but if there was a street date, you know, if there was a, a, a if we got our stuff early, there wouldn't be an issue, but for whatever reason, comic books stores aren't trusted like music or movie stores to not break street data and to hold on to books. You know, they could just ship them a week early. Right. Um, and, and if we could, you know, not break street data, it wouldn't be an issue. We could just hold the books until next week. Well, it's because um, all of you comic shop retailers are notoriously <laughs> disruptive. Yeah. It's, you know, we're all scumbags, obviously. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and they're definitely, you know, and I don't, I don't doubt, they're going to, and they're going to ship Blackest Night in the prior, in the prior week shipment. Um, and we're going to have to hold on to it for a week. And I, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sell my copies. Um, but there's going to, there's going to be stores that do. Oh, yeah. If you feel the need to break street data, it's because, you know, you're selling an inferior product. Yeah. Uh, and, and that product is your store. Uh, you know, I don't have to, I don't have to worry about breaking street data and I'm not going to. Yeah. Um, I hold that book for a week and, and hope that, that most people, most other stores do too. And maybe that'll be a little bit of extra incentive for publishers to, you know, let us, let us do it more often. We talked a little bit about like, you know, Amazon and whatnot. What do you think about digital comics? You know, uh, Marvel has their big digital vault and now we're seeing all the comic readers on like iPhone and uh, Google Android, etc. What do you think about that? I, I'm, I'd be a fool to not think that one day everyone's going to have a, an eight by 12 tablet in their backpack. That's going to be beautiful and really easy to read anything on in full, full color. You know, we're not quite there yet, but I don't, you know, that's, that's not that far off. Um, as far as reading stuff on the iPhone, you know, it's really cool and it's, and it's, but it's not the same as, you know, reading a full size comic. Um, iPhone comics have actually increased the business on, on, on those books. People are like, Hey, I read the first issue of this on the iPhone and they'll come in and buy the trade. Um, a good digital comic still feels nice to hold in your hand. And the, and a great example of that is Perry Bible fellowship. Um, you know, that, that comics is available for free on the internet, but when dark horse printed it, um, into the, the Perry Bible fellowship collection and made it a really, really nice hardcover, um, for people to enjoy, I've sold, you know, 50 of that book and it's all available online for free. But, you know, people, if it's quality and if it's a good story, people are going to want to hold it in their hand. Um, And that's a great example of that. Well, you know, I I am someone who, you know, is a diehard. I I like my floppies and whatnot. But one of the things that I, I really like about the digital comic, beyond just being able to have it in your pocket, you know, so you're waiting for your flight at the airport and you can read a comic right there. But one of the things I like is it's a nice way to check something out. You know? Yeah. If, you know, you spend 99 cents or a buck 99 yeah. and you can, uh, you know, read X-Men or, or um, an IDW book. I think it's great, you know, and I, I understand the need or the desire yeah. for people to want to read comics in other places. Um, yeah. And, and I think one day, you know, we'll all read stuff digitally. But, yeah. you know, again, people still like to hold it in their hand and there's still – a lot of people who, you know, for whatever reason, don't like to read anything at all yeah. in a digital format. And they're always going to come and try to find a paper copy. But I do like the paper books. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, it's something, you know, it's nice to have a, a nice hardcover with yeah. you know, nice high quality paper. And 
that you can give to somebody else or that you can sit on your coffee table or that you can read again and again or just admired on the bookshelf, you know, or whatever. And and I think that's the brilliance of your store is that, you know, I've kind of grown past the desire to have all these long boxes. What I really had the desire is a nice full bookshelf of, you know, trade and hardback graphic novels. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm right there with you. I've always been a floppy guy from the get go. And, um, as I've gotten older, it's, you know, I like to have the nice, you know, oversized hardcover or the absolute edition or, you know, Dark Horse just did, uh, uh, an ultimate collection for the Martha Washington series, which was a slipcase hardcover, which is just beautiful. And, you know, I, I love having them like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm still holding on. To, I sold my uh, original first printing of, you know, Dark Knight Returns way back when. And it was back when uh, the first Michael Keaton Batman movie came out is when I sold all that. And I turned around. And I took the money that I made off of off of selling those books and I bought the leather bound, you know, silver gilded edged, uh, you know, Dark Knight Returns, big Frank Miller collection. And, you know, it's still on my shelf. It still looks almost as good as the day I bought it. And I mean, I, I get so much more value out of, out of that kind of binding on the, uh, on the comic versus the floppy that I, I feel like, you know, I have to be all ginger and careful with it. Cause it's going to fall apart if I read it too hard. Yeah. And, and, you know, and honestly for collectability, you know, that's probably just as worth, worth just as much as the single issues are. Cause you know, I've never seen that edition. Yeah, I love <laughs> so, it. <laughs> probably pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and then that collector mentality kind of, you know, I get a little miffed from here, you know, every once in a while when somebody's like, well, you know, the corner and this is bent a little and <laughs> can I have another copy, please? I'm like, you know, really, man, your copy of um, Iron Man 455 isn't going to be worth anything, you know, That's in right. uh, 10 years. Relax, you know. <laughs> I've never been the guy that's like, I'm holding on to this because it's going to be worth something. I, you know, I, I, I'm holding holding on to books because I, I like to read them, you know? Yeah. And, and that's what I hate about my long boxes is that it's not nearly as accessible to me as, as it would be on the bookshelf. Exactly. You know, and, and I think we're all here because we like to read comics, not because we like to collect comics. Right. Um, and there's some people who like to collect comics and like to read comics. And I have, you know, for whatever reason, I have less patience for that. I, that's just, it is what it is. I mean, comics aren't the money making you know, collectible that they were, you know, that people thought they were for a while. You know, that's I not mean, what Wizard Magazine says, Paul. If you look <laughs> to the back of Wizard Magazine, you can see that that first issue of Haunt will put your kid through college. <laughs> yeah, or the first issue of Chew. Yeah, it's worth like fifty dollars or something. I'm like, who's going to buy it for fifty dollars when the, the trade comes out next month? You the know? second printing of Chew is actually worth like thirty-five or something, according to Wizard. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Who am I going to get to pay this? Greg, do you buy that from me? <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I would much rather give the fifth printing of Chew to uh, you know somebody who walks in off the street and and be like, "Hey, you should read this awesome comic." And don't worry about what it's what it costs, you know. Well, we had uh, John Lehman, the writer of Chew, on a couple of weeks ago, and he was joking about how people it be, it became a collectible because people, even though the cover was the same, all they changed was the color of the logo that people were buying each co- each color so they had every edition. Yeah. <laughs> and, hey, and it was yeah. It, yeah, but it was pissing them off because he, they kept releasing these new printings to get it in more people's hands and it was the same people buying it. Yeah. <laughs> it to each their own. Yeah, but hey, yeah. That, that is that is a great book, so just don't read it while you're trying to eat lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've been to a graphic novel bookstore before, and that guy didn't even last nine months. 
And I, I think his problem was that, you know, he had his graphic novel section, right? He did not have back issue bins at all. And his regular, his new comic shelves just overflowed. I mean, there, I mean, you couldn't find anything because comics, it, they were 20 deep and different comics on top of different comics. And it was just, it, what we started out as a beautiful shop eventually became, you know, someplace that it was just impossible to find anything. You know, right. how do you balance that new, you know, the new comics, uh, you know, to avoid, you know, overflowing, you know, your back issue bins in, in a limited space? Um, you know, I mean, how do you feel about the, the whole back issue thing to begin with, considering you're, you know, more of a graphic novel bookstore? First and foremost, I love my weekly customers who buy floppies because, A, they're like family. I see them every week. Um, I get to know them and we get to talk about cool stuff. Uh, they're a great bunch of people, men and women. And, and that business is important to me. I use a point of sale system. And again, this kind of harkens back to comic book stores who, you know, make change out of cigar box or, you know, have just a cash register. Um, I keep, I keep a really close eye on what sells and what doesn't. I try to order within, you know, two or three copies of what I think I'm going to sell. I don't like to have anything left over to go in the back issue bin. Um, and with the POS system, it makes it really easy to do that. You know, there's definitely things that, you know, first issues or, or mini series that I take a chance on and I'm wrong and people, no one wants it or people didn't like it and I'm stuck with copies. Um, but I, you know, if I've got extras left over, which in a perfect world, I would sell out. Um, but if I do have extra comics left over, I'll, I'll put one copy in the back issue bin and then I'll take the others and give them away to either like the Ronald McDonald house or, um, the children's hospital. Or if I go to like an event, say the Wolverine, you know, movie at, at the movie theater, I'll bring a stack of comics and give them away. Uh, I think they're better. You know, no one's going to look for an issue of, you know, Rebels number four in the back issue bin, but I might be able, <laughs> I might be able to, to, to give that same comic to somebody at the movie theater for free and, you know, maybe they'll enjoy it. Okay, really? Um, so. Is anybody looking for Rebels? <laughs> you know, I I don't have many. I, I sell you know a, a decent amount of back issues, um, but it's mostly older stuff. Yeah, uh, like you know, and it's mostly you know Marvel DC. Yeah. So you know, most most newer comics, people just aren't looking for them, especially when they they can get the trade. So in a perfect world, again, I'm not going to be left over with that. And a point of sale system makes all the difference in uh, between, you know, stores that can, can keep their, their numbers and their books tight and those who can't. Well, and I think that's what helps keep your shop good, you know, looking good too. You know, your, your, your shelves are nice. Everything's organized, you know, and your, your back issue bins are nice and clean. They're made out of, aren't, aren't they wooden? If I remember yes. correctly. Yeah. So well, it's not like I, you've got like long boxes. Yeah, and and yeah, the long boxes get beat up, you know. And yeah. I wanted, I knew I was going to have a de- you know, a, a small selection of back issues. So what I did was just took a a bookshelf and flipped it on its side or on its back, um, and used that as a back issue bin so they don't get beat up and it looks really nice. <laughs> that's funny. I never noticed that's what that was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a bookshelf. So uh, what are your what are your big plans for this year? What do you what do you got coming up? Um, the next, the next big thing is our one year anniversary, which is technically a, a next month, but I, we, you know, with Christmas and whatnot, I know people are going to be busy. So we're going to move it to January or February and we'll probably do, I'm trying, I'm in talks with, um, a decent sized Marvel comic book writer to, uh, make an appearance. Uh, I'm hoping to finalize that within the next couple of weeks. Oh, that's great. Uh, so if that, uh, if that pulls through, then we'll have a, uh, 
a real deal writer in here. Um, someone who's, you know, not Brian Bendis, but bigger than the Joker down the street who's writing a webcomic. Um, <laughs> so I try to find someone in between. Uh, and I think if this guy can, can make it, it's going to be pretty awesome. Uh, and we'll have a party like we did for Halloween, you know, probably have some, some beer and wine and, uh, people can chat them up and I might do an event during the daytime. Uh, for just anybody to come in and meet him. So th- it'll be great. I, I think it's important on your flyers when you're advertising it to, to you know, tag it out as he's not Bendis, but he's still pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. You know, I, and in a perfect world, you know, I, I don't know. I, I would love to get somebody like Bendis or, or Brubaker, who probably is my all-time favorite comic book writer, or Brian Vaughn here. But, you know, we can't shoot the moon the first time out. So. Maybe after I have a few successful events with uh, uh, some, you know, lesser known guys that maybe I can step up to somebody of, of their stature. So uh, I, what I, what I, I want to do now is kind of rapidly hit on some high points in comics right now or maybe low points in comic, uh, comics, depending on your perspective. But I just kind of want to get the retailer perspective on some things. Dark Rain. Okay. Dark Rain. Um you know, it, it, I, people are still looking for the Dark Rain miniseries, which kind of frustrates me. They're like, I want Dark Rain number one. And I'm like, you know, there's not a Dark Rain number one. I wish there was, but uh, there isn't. Okay. Blackest Night. Blackest Night's been awesome. I think DC does events a little bit better than Marvel. Obviously, they run them a lot longer, but they don't do them as frequently. Um, the Rings have been a great tie-in. Um, and the miniseries itself has sold phenomenally well. Uh, the tie-in uh, miniseries have sold phenomenally well. So uh, DC is definitely on my on my uh, list for people who can do an event correctly. Final Crisis. Um, Final Crisis made everybody mad. So you know, <laughs> probably not. Probably not the desired outcome on that one. Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion. Um, I caught the tail end of that, so I wasn't I wasn't open for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I, you know, the general consensus seems to be like, uh, really, that was yeah, is that necessary? Image United next week. Um, I'm really excited for Image United, uh, especially Will Portacio's character because you know that guy looks 100 percent like nothing we've ever seen before. Battle for the cowl. Um, Battle for the cowl. Um, you know, not so much Battle for the Cow, but Batman Reborn has done really well. Uh, people's, people seem to be really digging all the new Batman books, especially uh, Batman and Robin. Batgirl. Batgirl sold really well. Um, and I read the first couple issues, and they, and they were, you know, decent. I think the cover, they weren't as good as the covers, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> the, the Phil Noto Batgirl covers were just so awesome, and I wish the inside had been as fantastic as the covers. Those were good covers. Yeah. I liked those covers a lot, but wow, the inside. <laughs> uh, Batwoman and Detective Comics. Um, this book I pushed really hard just because I believe in J.H. Williams. Um, he does something totally different and I think it's beautiful. I love Greg Rucka and especially his creator owned books, Stumptown and, um, Queen and Country, but Detective has just been one that I pushed really hard because I think it's a, a game changer. Reprinted material in, <laughs> in, in books and, you know, that, Look, Aaron. Aaron's much better at this than I am. Obviously, I'm. I'm losing the game already. Um, <laughs> charging extra for reprints in the back of new material, like this week's uh, Dark Rain, Amazing Spider-Man. You know, um, some people like the reprints of the older '60s Stan, Stanley stuff, or like you know whatever they reprint. I, I personally think it's a horrible idea. 
I'd rather just see just charge two ninety nine and give me twenty two pages of story and call it a day. And I want to go back a little bit to the first topic about Dark Rain. Not the first topic of our conversation, the first topic right. of this with Dark Rain. Have you noticed people dropping off or did you notice people dropping off? Dark Rain's coming to an end. So I'm sure there are people like me who are like trying to catch up. But did you notice a lot of people drop off of Marvel when Dark Rain started? No, you know, Dark Rain, you know, Dark Avengers is, is one of my top sellers. Um, you know, I think it's been, it's been, it's been decent. Uh, I think I'm, Marvel is getting away from that. Obviously with Siege, they're going to be smaller events. I think um, the smaller events are going to serve them better than than the Dark Rain has. But you know, to each their own. That's it. That's all I had. I only had one really, and I just kind of <laughs> made up the second one. And okay. I, I just I just wanted to clarify that there was I was very sarcastic about the Image United Wilts Portacio character. <laughs> so, I wasn't gonna say anything. Yeah, I was like, uh, "Wow, okay." I'm like, yeah, they didn't catch the sarcasm on that one. Yeah, I didn't. I was like, "Wow, okay, questionable judgment here." But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, well, like, you know, was- honestly, that did come before the Batman and Robin question. You know, when when you said, you know, people like Batman and Robin. <laughs> You know, you lost a little pool points with me. Hey, <laughs> Batman and Robin's been great, you know, and I'm really looking forward to Cameron Stewart's run on art. <laughs> okay, I got a couple more for you, <laughs> and I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna motor on past that. Okay, <laughs> Robert Kirkman. You know, I, he seems like a big dick to me, but damn it, <laughs> if he does, if he doesn't write some some mighty fine comics, Walking Dead and Invincible are fantastic. Uh, his Ant Man stuff was fun. Destroyer, which just came out this week in hardcover, was really good. But you know, there's he's definitely had some misses. You know, Wolfman hasn't been that great, and uh, you know, we'll see. Image United, I don't know, uh, and Haunt. I don't, you know, the, it hasn't been horrible, but it hasn't been on the quality. On the quality level of a Walking Dead or an Invincible. Teen Titans. Um, Teen Titans really doesn't sell well here. I don't know why. I, I don't read it personally, so I'm only assuming it doesn't sell well because it is a giant piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you nailed it there. But, uh, <laughs> and last but not least, the brand new Star Trek movie. The brand new Star Trek movie? Yes, sir. Who didn't like the brand new Star Trek movie? It's the best movie <laughs> that came out last year. Oh, okay, just, you can stay on then. Yeah, <laughs> I think J.J. Abrams should direct every movie. I don't know. I just the, he absolutely got that from start to finish. It's you know beautiful to look at. It's you know well acted. It's, it's nonstop fun. And and I don't know. I've been playing it on the DVD player here since it came out on Tuesday nonstop. Well, and you know I, I was having a hard time focusing on our conversation when when I was over there earlier this week because you had it on that that big beautiful <laughs> flat screen TV you've got in there, and I just kept going. I wish this Greg guy would shut the hell up. Because so. <laughs> yeah. I don't get to own it until uh, in, until Christmas, because it's on my Christmas list. Oh yeah, and, and, and you know the sad thing is, is that you know we're given a. We, we in fact, by the time this drops, we will have given away the uh, Star Trek two disc special edition DVD plus the IDW uh, trade paperback of Star Trek Countdown to one lucky winner. And I will have bought that for our lucky winner. And I don't even have it for me. (laughs) (laughs) I might win this contest, Paul. (laughs) And the winner is Aaron. (laughs) You know, that's um, that that comic series was a lot of fun. The prequel uh, really, again, you know, really well done. I thought it was awesome. Comic, you know, I, I had kind of gotten out of Star Trek comics a while back because people weren't holding on to the license very long. 
you know, and that gets frustrating because, you know, every time a, a new publisher picks it up, they kind of reboot everything. And so the last time I had really enjoyed uh, somebody publishing a, a Star Trek comic was when Marvel had it. And they had their Starfleet Academy title and all their titles kind of kicked into one another. And they were telling stories very rapidly over there, which was kind of nice because you had that sense that we're about to lose the license. Tell all the stories you can. But IDW picked it up. And when that first issue came out on uh, through Iverse Media over on the iPhone, phone it's like well i'll have a look at it. it's 99 cents actually i think the first issue was free and i picked up I'm like well this is beautiful and so i had to go out and, and buy those books because th- they were just really lovingly illustrated and it was a good story and really enhanced the experience of, of the movie i thought yeah definitely it may, it, and if you saw the movie i think i forget i think i saw the movie and then read the comic and i was like wow that was, you know this is fantastic well, and, you know, one of my buddies who, who borrowed the books from me to read, you know, he was like, why wasn't some of this in the movie? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the movie would have been four hours long. But yeah, yeah. I, loved it. yeah, I, I mean, I, I thought it added a lot to the movie. I mean, I thought that piece of it was so interesting. And the way they explained it in the movie wasn't as interesting as it was in the book. Exactly. Exactly. Very, very true. You know. And you know, we're, I'm thankful for Star Trek because it's been it's been a good year for geek culture, partly because of Star Trek being so successful. And ideologyofmadness.com. And absolutely ideologyofmadness.com and funny books with Iron and Polly and local heroes comics. It's That's been right. a damn good year. It's been a fine year. <laughs> but it's been a bad year for comic book movies. Yeah, and Transformers. Wolverine. Wolverine. Transformers was crap, but it did well. Um, you know, at the very tail end of last year, you had The Spirit. Yeah. And no one even saw that one. I saw it. I still haven't seen it. Really? Yeah, me, yeah. me neither. It just looked, <laughs> it looked like uh, Sin City. I don't know. It just looked totally unoriginal. Yeah. And, and I, I like Sin City. I liked Sin City too. I did too. I, yeah. I didn't want to see Sin City as the spirit. Yeah, me neither. And oh. plus, Frank Miller gives me a rash. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I have been, I, I, his directorial, solo directorial debut was, was kind of frightening to me. So that was why. Understand. I mean, as far as uh, comic book movies, I, I think we've seen some better ones animated wise than in theaters. Oh, absolutely! Green Lantern: First Flight was terrific. I like. Yeah. I like Wonder Woman too. Actually, I know I that's you know, not popular opinion, but I really like that one. Yeah. The more um, the more comic movies I can show on the on the uh, TV here, the better. I, I'm tired of watching the same things over and over. So <laughs> keep, keep them keep them coming, good or bad, and uh, we'll we'll play them up here. That's right. <laughs> as long as it's not Spider Man, right? <laughs> you know, I, you know, as long as it's not Spider-Man three, anything one and two, one and, one and two will get will get a little bit of play, but three, nothing. <laughs> so, are you playing the Ang Lee Hulk in your store? No, I am not playing the Ang Lee Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> the Ed Norton Hulk does get some some is in rotation, but um, the hierarchy here goes Venture Brothers and then uh, everything else. <laughs> as far as what's on the TV, Venture Brothers and not Venture Brothers, exactly. <laughs> and I'm assuming Man Thing has never graced your screens. No, no Man Thing. Um, nice. uh, yeah, we won't. We won't even begin to talk about Man Thing. You know, I bought it and I've never seen it. That's how scared <laughs> I am of it. I'll tell you what else is horrible. Was uh, the the. Uh, the Gotham Knights Batman DVD. I played that. Oh one. yeah, yeah. That was I liked one of the stories. I think was that the animated feature that they did like, around Dark Knight. Yeah, some of yeah. it was like was like uh, anime or manga. It was kind of scary. Sam, I'm not a fan of that style of animation. I'm not a fan of that style of film. Like they did the Matrix one too, and I didn't like that. The, yeah, uh, the, the Animatrix. Animatrix. Yeah. 
and uh, they, they're supposedly doing another one coming out next year, and I just okay. I don't like that. You know, yeah, just give yeah. me one story. I'm fine with it. <laughs> oh, so it's kind of the short story that you didn't care for. I had little vignettes, you know, yeah. and it just it wasn't that good. You know, before we let you go, I want you to, to get a chance to, um, you know, tell people where they can find you on the web and in person. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, localheroescomics.com. Um, and on Twitter, it's localheroesnva. And I'm also on Facebook, Local Heroes Comics. Um, so stop by, send me a, an email or a message or a tweet. And uh, I definitely appreciate you guys having me on. Greg, thanks for coming on. This was a whole lot of fun. Thank you, guys. Always appreciate it. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.